I'm Julianne DeLynn Hatton, and you're listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. This series will discuss the Prophet Joseph Smith and the authenticity of the gospel he restored. I'll be speaking with Michael R. Ash, author of the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Welcome, Michael Ash. Hi, Julianne. We have a fascinating topic today, and that is Ashira. Yeah, yeah, it's a very fascinating topic, I believe. First of all, who is she? Well, according to um, early Israelite traditions, she is God's consort, basically his wife. And she was seen as part of a deity that comprised both male and female, and she was the female part. Jews worshipped her, is that right? You know, scholars are just finding this out now. For many years, um, most scholars would tell you that the early Israelites were always monotheistic, that they believed in one in one God. And now they're finding out that that's not really entirely accurate. And part of what they're discovering is that the Israelites believed that God had a wife. And so there was two gods, basically, the two parts of the divine that they worshipped, and, and they uh, actually believed uh, that this Asherah, you know, was, I don't want to say a personage like we understand it today, but nevertheless they had symbols that depicted her as, as a female. Why is it that the scriptures say so little about her? Well, after um, the Babylonian captivity, and it's, this is about when uh, the Lehites fled Jerusalem because uh, Lehi had been told that it was coming, you know, in, in 600 B.C., the Israelites of the day after the uh, captivity, they reformed, in fact, what they call the uh, Deuteronomists, uh, they were the groups of priests at this time, uh, they kind of reformed the Israelite belief system, and they were opposed to Asherah worship, because it was too much, it smacked too much of, of idolatry and, and what was happening um, among the uh, pagan religions in the area, and uh, there was probably abuses going on, and so they wanted to reform these things, and they pretty much wiped out all trace of a Shira worship, at least in the scriptures, and so that's why scholars weren't really aware of this, because it's really hard to find much in the scriptures about it, and, and it's only from outside sources that uh, scholars are now able to put these pieces together and, and, and find uh, hints of it from iconic figurines, as well as maybe with some things that are hinted about in the Bible. So would Lehi have known about Ashira? Yeah, in Lehi's day, this would have been uh, understood. Um, and it wasn't, like I said, it was after Lehi's day when uh, pretty much this Ashira worship disappeared. But yeah, Lehi would have been familiar with it. And there are some remaining symbols. Yeah, the, it, it's uh, it's all in iconography, and uh, you know a lot of it's in in pieces or or uh, maybe drawings. I'm not sh sure about all all what remains of it, but basically there was these symbols of a sheer one of the which stood at Solomon's temple at Jerusalem for for nearly two thirds of the existence of Solomon's temple. There was this. Uh, Ashira column, basically, it, it was a it was a giant column, a single column from the waist down that depicted uh, basically like a tree, and then from the waist up, it was the female body, and that was a depiction of Ashira. You also make a menorah connection in your book. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, the menorah, which is the seven-branched candle you know, that stood for centuries in Jerusalem Temple, it is said to represent a stylized almond tree, which at certain points in his life uh, was was white, and the, the Greek word almond derives from the Hebrew that means great mother, because the Asherah was understood to be part of of a tree, and 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 it ties perhaps back to Eden and Mother Earth, and, and that's kind of where we get these symbols from. And so it was the you know the the goddess, I guess, of of the earth and of the tree, and, and it symbolized growth and fertility. So there's this really interesting connection between God's wife Asherah and this tree symbolism or the almond symbolism, uh, the white almond almond, which uh, was radiant, the menorah the, in the, used in the Jerusalem Temple. What makes this very interesting is how it all ties into the Book of Mormon. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. To me, one of the most fascinating stories in the Book of Mormon is Lehi's vision, of course, which Nephi shared later on because, you know, he wanted to see what his father had seen. So he asked to be shown this vision. And in this vision, of course, Lehi had seen the Tree of Life. We talked about this in a previous uh, episode of this podcast. And Nephi wanted to understand what Lehi had seen, so he asked that he could have his own vision as well. And he was guided by this spirit or this angel through the vision and shown these different things. And he saw some things that Lehi didn't see or, or, or he asked questions that Lehi perhaps didn't ask. And the angel asked Nephi, you know, what do you want to know here? And, and what do you want to be shown? And Nephi's response was, I want to understand the interpretation of this tree of life they were talking about. And it never really caught me as unusual until I started reading, and, and this is based on the work of Daniel C. Peterson. He, he's done a lot of writing on uh, Asherah and Nephi and has uh, um, some very detailed articles about this. And it wasn't until I read his paper that it really made sense, Nephi asking for this interpretation, and the Spirit doesn't really directly answer him of his interpretation of the Tree of Life. Instead, he shows Nephi the Virgin Mary and talks about how he's the most, you know, most beautiful and fair above all things. That's how Nephi described him, and uh, that it's the mother of God, and that she was going to bring forth the Lamb of God. And, of course, then he's shown the, the baby Jesus. And all this ties in to uh, somehow this tree of life. And, and remember the tree of life we discussed last time also had this white radiant fruit on it. And the spirit asks Nephi if he understands these things. And, and Nephi responds, yes. He was talking about the uh, the fruit and everything. He says, yes, it's the love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of all children of men. It is the most desirable above all things, talking about this fruit. Well, if we tie these things together, instead of answering Nephi what the interpretation is with a direct response, the Spirit shows the Mother of God, this female goddess, which is exactly how people in Lehi's day, which includes, of course, Nephi, would have understood Asherah. Asherah was the mother goddess, and it was tied to the tree of life. And, of course, coming from this tree of life is the goodness of God, which was bringing forth the Savior. So, so here we have this ancient connection that Nephi makes with the tree of life being Asherah, the mother of God. And, and of course, Latter-day Saints, when they read through this, they, they never make this connection. It took somebody who had training in the background 
of ancient old world cultures like Daniel Peterson had to point out that uh, this Asherah was understood in Lehi's day as being a, a goddess tied to basically the tree of life. So Nephi has a vision of the tree of life. The angel explains the tree of life by taking him to a vision of Mary holding Jesus. How would Joseph Smith have made this connection on his own? Uh, you could maybe chalk it up as some weird lucky guess, but the problem is that he seems to have way too many of these lucky guesses, and it just nails exactly how people in Lehi's day would have understood the mother of God being a female goddess and tying it to the tree of life. In fact, uh, Margaret Barker, and we talked about here, or I believe it was in the last podcast or previous one, she's a Methodist scholar, and she notes uh, you know, some of the interesting things about Lehi's vision, or and Nephi's vision, and Near Eastern cultures, and she points out the fact that both contain the symbolism of the tree as the Heavenly Mother. In Nephi's vision, the tree was represented by Mary, of course, as Heavenly Mother. And then Mar- Margaret Barker says, this revelation to Joseph Smith, talking about the ancient mother symbolism, is intact, and almost certainly as it was known in 600 BCE. So here a non-LDS scholar points out that the symbolism used in Nephi is precisely what we would expect to find among knowledgeable people in Lehi's day. Thank you, Michael Ash. Thank you, Julianne. Thanks for listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. I'm your host, Julianne DeLynn Hatton, inviting you to keep the faith. Michael R. Ash is the author of the book, Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Faith and Reason is produced by Tom Hatton with music courtesy of Arthur Hatton. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it in iTunes and by rating it and writing a review. Questions or comments can be sent to podcast at fairmormon.org or you may join the conversation at fairblog.org. 